the Royals Rundown Podcast presented by Royals Review. If you want to keep updated on all things Kansas City Royals, go visit RoyalsReview.com. Plus, you can support them and the podcast further by following us all on Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at Royal Rundown Pod. You can find Royals Review on Twitter at Royals Review. But if you're looking to just engage with us, you could do that through Spotify. You can respond to our polls and questions and answers over there. And plus, if you respond to the Q&A, we will read your response on air in the following episode. So we greatly appreciate the three responses that we got since our last episode. So we asked y'all, we we know the front office needs to back up their words with actions. You know, we we were talking for, I think, like 30 minutes last episode, just about that end of season press conference and our takeaways from that. So we asked you, what is one move that you consider a must make? And Jack and Aaron Bailey came in with a couple of good responses. So Jack said, Figure out the future of the catcher position. Is it MJ? Is it Freddie? Or is it Logan Porter? I think that's a really good question because we're we're all looking at Salvador Perez as like, hey, there's a good chance he's traded. Well, what are they going to do behind the dish? Did Freddie for me do enough this season? Are they going to give up on the MJ Melendez experiment in the outfield? I definitely think that's something that we're going to be talking about a lot during this winter. Aaron Bailey, longtime listener, had a had a little bit more of a uh, What's the word? A little bit more of a passionate response, I will say. Um, he said, extend Bobby or even pass Quintino by low, which I understand that, but we don't extend people with unstable shoulders, I will say. And try and get Granky back as he's way better than some of the garbage we've been throwing out there. And a lock for the Hall of Fame in the room is a no-brainer. I don't disagree with you about a lock for the Hall of Fame, but Aaron, I do have to disagree with you about a Granky being that much better than other members of the rotation and even of the bullpen. I just don't know what he has left in him. Um, Also, I want to shout out Royal Rupert, who responded to not last episode's question, but the question before, saying, what is the most impressive part about Bobby Wood Jr.'s 2023 to you? And Rupert said, Bobby shows the same commitment to baseball that Royals Rundown shows to the Royals. I'm looking forward to the off-season episodes. Thanks. No, thank you. Thank you, Rupert, for uh, for listening. We know that you've been around here at least for a while since I've been hosting the podcast. So greatly appreciate your uh, your response to our Q&As. If you want to join in on the fun, please go check us out on Spotify. Now it is time for my co-host. He is the Sultan of Shonen, the purveyor of Pokey, the know-it-all of Nani. You can follow him on Twitter at Hakaius, that is H-O-K-I-U-S. He is Jeremy Greco. Jeremy, how are we doing tonight, man? I am doing great as soon as I find the unmute button on my <laughs> uh, on my computer, I guess. We love it. I'm I'm not at home. I'm on the road, so I'm, I'm just kind of making it up as I go along today. Well, that is, uh, we, we just have to keep it flowing. We know a lot of stuff is coming up, especially with the holidays, but I know, uh, I know you had to go see some family down in Georgia, right? Yep. That's, that's about the long and short of it. There you go. All right. Well, glad, uh, glad to hear that you got down there safely. Plus I do, uh, I do have to say the one and only honey is joining us for the episode tonight. Um, so always happy to have her on say hi, honey. I also had to find my, but hi, happy happy to be here. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hey, before we get on with the show, we are very excited to announce a brand new exclusive partnership here on the podcast. Jeremy? Yeah. Oh, is that my turn? Am I supposed to yes, say something now? Cool. I'm we're doing I'm so good at this. <laughs> I'm I'm the best at this. That's okay. Uh, Scroll down to the last oh, page. That's right, folks. We're thrilled to introduce our brand new sponsor, Batchelder. Is that am I pronouncing that right? Yeah, Batchelder Family Farms. Family Batchelder Family Farms, a local gem right here in Belton, Missouri, or right there in Belton, Missouri, somewhere in Belton, Missouri. Yes, regardless of where I am. <laughs> Owned and operated by Brad and Jenna Batchelder, along with their four awesome kids. Batch Elder Family Farms is your go-to source for fresh, high-quality, and ethically produced beef. What sets their farm apart is their commitment to ethical and sustainable farming. All their meats are pasture-raised right on their family farm and are free from antibiotics and hormones. They have the beef whatever for whatever dish. Beef brats, ribeye. Casey strip steaks. I know I love a Casey strip steak. Uh, even yep. those amazing looking roasts for the winter months. Can't decide what you want? Check out their bundles that include a bit of everything from roasts, the ground beef, and stew meat too. You, you like yeah. a good, you like a good stew, Jacob? I do. I do love a uh, a good stew, and I can say your dishes will never be the same with meat from Batch Elder Farms. So don't wait any longer. You can head on over to their website today at BatchelderFamilyFarms.com for more information, and you can visit their virtual storefront there. Brad has been kind enough to offer our listeners an exclusive offer Ooh. at our promo code ROYAL, that is R-O-Y-A-L, to your order for 15% off your purchase. Wow. You can order an entire processed cow, that's, that's a lot of meat, from them and save hundreds of dollars on your order just with that promo code. Just need some ground beef just for a little order. You can still save plenty thanks to Batch Elder Family Farms, but you can only do that with the promo code ROYAL. Thanks to, to the Batch Elder Family Farms for supporting our podcast. Remember, by choosing Batch Elder Family Farms, you're not only getting top quality meat, but you're also supporting local, sustainable, ethical agriculture. And that's a home run in our book. Uh, check out their shop linked in the episode description below and use that promo code Royal R O Y A L for 15% off your order on with the Royals. Thank you, Jeremy. I, I have to freelance. It's in my DNA. You know what? That That is just fine. That is the first live ad read that we've done on the podcast before. So I'm, I'm very happy with it. Before you get on with the Royals, um, I don't know that we've ordered directly from Bachelor before, but we have definitely um, ordered, I think we ordered a quarter of a cow um, at mm -hmm. one point with Jacob's family. Um, so we bought a whole cow and split it. And that beef alone, and we only had, again, a quarter of a cow um, with a bundle of different cuts. So we had ground beef, we had um, roasts, we had sirloins, etc. Fillets, all different types of cuts of meat from that cow. That beef alone fed us for well over six months. And it's just the two of us. Um, and not only is it just a lot of meat, um, but 
when we look at climate change and and how we need to um, consume and um, kind of develop growing forward um, in terms of caring for the earth and and uh, you know reducing carbon footprints, etc. While veganism and vegetarianism can be really great, one of the actual most sustainable um, and best options to support is local, ethical, uh, small business agriculture. Because um, we really industrialize the, the farming industry and we don't really need 2,000 acres of raspberry farms. We need small biodiverse farms and really a much better answer um, to climate change and how we go forward as as the generation and future generations is to go back to supporting small local ecosystems like we used to do things before the industrial revolution um so it's incredibly important um to be a part of that so not only are you getting some great beef that's going to feed your family for a long while um and at much lower prices per pound than you're going to see in a grocery store um even in the midwest i'm sure um but you are contributing to the regrowth of the local small ecosystem um, by supporting a small business and family-owned business like Bachelor Family Farms. So I highly recommend it. Buy your beef um, and whatever else you can from local farms and use our promo code. Yes, please. Yes, please. Thank you very much, honey, for, uh, for that input. And thank you again to Bachelor Family Farms for supporting the podcast. Once again, that promo code is ROYAL, R-O-Y-A-L, for 15% off your order with Batch Elder Family Farms. But now let's let's get on with the baseball. So, Jeremy, we are, uh, we're in the throes of postseason baseball. Um, not, a, not really a whole lot going with the Royals. It's been very quiet since the, uh, since the press conference on that front. Um, it's just lot- to be expected. Yeah, yeah, we're not we're not expecting you know trades and free agency moves. And things the like the I think they can't even until the no, postseason's I, over. No, they they can't. So we're we're just waiting on the on the postseason to end. Um, I I I will say this, and this probably isn't going to make some folks happy. I hope that the members of the Royals, like support staff and the front office staff, I hope they're taking like a little step back, a little break, um, because I imagine that things can, you can get lost in the day-to-day of the season. And I'm sure that that can be tiring. That can be mentally draining. I do hope that while, you know, if there's downtime, I hope they're taking advantage of it personally. Yeah. I know there are some people out there who are just like, got to grind, got to grind, got to grind. But the, the science is clear that taking a break is vitally important, um, especially when your job is is a thinking kind of job, um, yeah. because otherwise you just you you start spinning your wheels, you start going in circles. Um, I'm sure people have seen it. I know I've seen it in my life. When the more hours I work, the less productive I am, and that the science backs it up. It's not just, you know, anecdotal there. So they I, they absolutely need to be taking a break right, right now um, mm-hmm. and, and come back and look at everything fresh in a, in a couple of weeks when the postseason is over. Enjoy that postseason baseball while they can. Because soon, <laughs> hopefully, they'll be working through it. Yes, that is uh, that is true. But yeah, so on with the postseason baseball, we got, a, we got two divisional series 
still going on. We are recording this on Monday evening. So tonight's games are games, game two between the Phillies and Braves and game two between the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers. But I do want to focus on the AL side of things a little bit more, not only because the um, the Texas and Baltimore series might be over by yeah. this time tomorrow, which is a little uh, a little disappointing. I a little, say. little, yeah, yeah. It's um. So Jeremy, I mean, we're we're looking at this. Texas currently has a two and zero lead on the on the Orioles, and they are like they played the past two games in Camden Yards. So yeah. now they're down in Arlington. Now they're down in front of the Rangers faithful. And I know they have Nathan Eovaldi going on the mound. Uh, he's no slouch, 12-5 and five this year with a 3.63 ERA. The Orioles are responding with Dean Kremer, who has not been bad himself, I will say, 13-5 and five with a 4.12 ERA. So hopefully we see a good couple of, uh, of quality starts, but I don't, I don't know, Jeremy. I do have to ask you: Do you, looking at the numbers, do you think that the Orioles will be swept tomorrow night? It's you put so much. I I, I would really really like to look kind of beyond the numbers because the numbers okay. are the numbers, and the postseason is the postseason. It's always a different beast. But I feel like you put so much pressure on yourself. When you're down two and zero, I think that's one of the biggest reasons teams don't come back from that because you've got to win three games either way, yeah. right? And and once you win one, you got to win two, and it doesn't really matter what order it happens in. And, and sure, the Orioles got to win three in a row, and that is you know sounds more difficult, but really just being down two and zero, they put you put so much pressure on yourself, and the Rangers have all the pressure off because they're just like ah whatever we could lose tonight, and it's not even that big of a deal. Um, of course, it can be, ask the Cardinals uh, in the 1985 World Series, ask the Astros in the 2015 ALDS. Um, but it's it, you just got to – there's just so much pressure that it's really hard to come back from that. Um, they may not be able – they may not get swept, but uh, it would be very – it would not be surprising if, if they lost this series at all. And it really wouldn't even be surprising if they got swept. We, we saw sweeps all through, you know, the wild card round. Um, so it, that, like that you said, it's just, yeah, it was because even though it's, it's, you know, all home games for, for some teams, uh, didn't one of the, didn't one of the away teams win? I think I'm, oh, I'm yeah. suddenly losing my mind. Yeah. Oh, the, uh, the Diamondbacks won in Milwaukee. There you go. Yeah. Um, so it was just, it's just crazy. It's just like, once you get that advantage, the, you know, the whole, it's the whole thing of momentum, which is a very complicated subject, but mm-hmm. um, the momentum is definitely in favor of the Rangers right now. And, and yeah. the Orioles are going to have to do something to take it back without emotionally draining themselves. That will be, you know, the test. Yes. That is uh, that is very true. The last time that the Orioles beat the Rangers this year was on May 28th, and both teams are very different teams between now and then. Jeremy, real quick, can you take a guess who took the loss for the Rangers on that May 28th matchup? Uh, was it Cole Reagans? It was Cole Reagans. <laughs> <laughs> how, like I said, how times change. Um, but yeah, it's. I don't know. I was I was very surprised to see that Texas this season has a, a five and three record over Baltimore, but 
Texas has won, let's see, five of the last six dating back to April 5th. So, like, the Orioles won two quick games against the Rangers start off the year, and boom, big hole since then. So, definitely a uh, definitely a game to watch. I think there's going to be a lot of fireworks, just like there was last game that went 11-8. to eight. Very, very fun game, at least, to watch. Probably very frustrating for both fan bases, though. Yeah. Moving on to, go ahead. No, I was just agreeing with you. Sorry. Oh, no, no. You're good. You're good. Moving on to the ALDS, the uh, Houston Astros and Minnesota Twins are returning to Minneapolis for the continuation of that series. At least that series is tied. Um, they are they're playing Tuesday night at let's see, it would be three oh seven Kaufman Standard Time. So uh, interested to see if folks will actually be able to watch that. There are a couple of good little tidbits out of uh, out of the game two. I will say. So the Twins winning in Houston was the Astros' second ever home loss in the ALDS, which <laughs> that's wild. Like, I know we, we know how dominant the Astros have been, but yeah. that to be the second ever home loss, it's crazy. The only other loss that Houston took in the ALDS down there at Minimade was all the way back in 2015 when the one and only Kansas City Royals put the hurt on them. Yeah. That is uh that's a pretty good pretty good group to be in, I will say, for the for the Minnesota Twins. Um Jeremy, are are you surprised by the by the twins holding their own against the Astros? Uh you know a little bit. Uh, just because we've seen the Twins be so bad in the playoffs for so long. Yeah. Um, but also, they kind of got the monkey off their back in the wild card series. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we kind of saw with the Royals the, a similar thing back in 2014, where they were, you know, they struggled. They had to fight and claw and everything against the athletics, right? Yeah. And uh, and then once they beat them, they were like, "Oh no, uh, we're we're doing this." And they went, "What was it? Eight and zero, right?" Yeah. So they won. The, yeah. They swept the Angels with three, and then they swept the Orioles with four. So yeah, they won eight straight games, and then ran into Madison Bumgarner. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so maybe we're seeing something like that with the Twins, where uh, they they kind of they overcame some historical. Uh, defeatism, and now they're ready to to really make a run at things. Hopefully so. And like I said, they're traveling back to Minneapolis. Next two games are going to be on the Minnesota Twins' home turf of Target Field. Um, Rookie, like the guy who has really made a name for himself this postseason, Royce Lewis of the Twins, he has been producing at an insane rate. Uh, Yeah. Kind of took a shot at the Astros fan base. He said, quote, I don't want to say anything horrible, but I felt like our Minnesota fans were actually louder. They acted like they wanted it more. That's what he said after after game. Interesting. And Jeremy, I I don't know if, if you watched the wild card games up there in Minnesota, but that crew of fans was just nuts. Just absolutely crazy. And it was very, very fun to watch. What I wanted to ask you is, though, do you think that such a thing as home field advantage 
exists in baseball. I feel like we're seeing it in Philly, but it's not as big of a deal as it is in other sports, you know? Yeah, it's, you know, obviously, I think we can, we've, we've kind of defined the impact that the home home field advantage can have can can cause problems for opposing teams that said um there's a reason that when you look at win probability models the home team always starts with a slight advantage um and, and there is value to being the home team if for no other reason that you get to be the last team to bat right yeah uh so i i i don't know about the fan thing unfortunately i haven't been able to watch any of the games uh work has been very crazy and of course you know they start these games so early sometimes yeah. that people were talking about how tampa bay didn't draw any fans well yeah they were playing at like noon on yeah. a weekday everybody's at work mm-hmm. i but yeah so it's just it is what it is with that but uh um i i, I wouldn't be surprised to, to find that the minnesota fans are more into this because like we said the astros have kind of been here for a while and after a while, I think the the, the winning uh, gets normal. Um, yeah. We look at, I mean, look at a look at the Chiefs fans, right? Uh, we see we see them just kind of getting like the Chiefs win. They're four and one right now, right? And mm-hmm. and people are just losing their minds. They're like, oh my gosh, what's going on? This is a problem. This is a problem. We got to fix this. We got to fix that. The they, the defense holds the other team to like ten points, and they're like, the defense is broken. We got to fix it. And it's like, but, but no, it's, it's, it's going to be okay. And like six, seven, eight, uh, however many years ago before Patrick Mahomes, if the Chiefs were four and one, everyone would be like, yeah, we're unstoppable. Go Chiefs. We're going to win it all this year. Now that it's just like your perspective changes. And I, I also have to wonder, you know, like as Astros fans have already spent all their money on their playoff. Uh, tickets the last few years maybe you don't have any more you're already in debt from that maybe you can't afford to go to any more games I don't know no I think I think that's definitely that's definitely true it's a um there's kind of a like hey we, we've been there done that sort of approach to it like there are I know that the 2014 AL wild card was a very exciting game overall but the fact that that was the first postseason game in so long in Kansas mm-hmm, City, mm-hmm. and it was that exciting, I I definitely think the fans had somewhat of an impact, whether it be a positive one on their boys or a negative one on the athletics. I, I imagine it might have been a little blend of both, but I think that's definitely something that, you know, we just got to get a player opinion on it because I'm sure that there are some some ways that it affects pitchers, some ways that it might affect batters. I I couldn't tell you. I've been in that situation. But that is um, certainly looking forward to seeing that series. We already know that it's not going to be a sweep. The Astros and Twins are tied at one apiece ahead of their Tuesday matchup. Moving on over to the NLDS, who uh, their game, let's see, that Phillies versus Braves game starts in about 45 minutes. They are, let's see, are they going to be in? No, they are. They're still in Atlanta right now. Uh, it's just game two. Philly leads that series one to zero. Um, Jeremy, I kind of feel like this is this is the pennant series before the actual NLCS, if you will. Some playoff yeah. matchups just feel like that. I feel like either one of these teams 
could be the NL representative of the uh, in the World Series. And I think they could both take on the Diamondbacks and Dodgers. So if if I had to put you on the spot, Jeremy, do you think that the Braves will come back in this series, or do you think the Phillies ultimately win? I, you know, I'm not betting against the Phillies until they prove me otherwise. Yeah. Uh, they just they they beat the they beat them last year, um, and I am despite you know kind of having lived in the Atlanta area for a decade or so, um, and being here right now, I I just I can't respect the way that they've treated their fans with the way they've done the stadium stuff, mm-hmm. um, which is part of. Probably a little bit of why I'm so irritated about the stadium stuff in Kansas City, even though it doesn't directly affect me. Um, and just they they need to baseball. Somebody's got to do something about this whole real estate business, but I that's that's a different topic. I'll move on. <laughs> uh, the, the Phillies are exciting. They they just keep Bryce Harper is just such a leader, right? He's a superstar, but he's also a leader. He he gets that team fired up. He he does everything he can. He had the the, the surgery on his elbow, and then he's like, "Fine, I'll f- learn how to play first base." Um, you know, just just all this stuff to make sure that the team is going where it needs to go. Um, you got to just respect that a heck of a lot. I you know you got to respect Ronald Acuna Jr. too. He could be that MVP from the from the National League this year, and they've got a lot of good players. Uh, but I just, the Phillies, I gotta, I gotta root for the Phillies just because yeah, the, the, the Phillies are the Phillies and the, the, the Atlanta's got Atlanta. Yeah. Honey, what were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say he's probably, um, he's right to not bet against Phillies. I <laughs> wouldn't recommend it. Um, but it also to heart back to like three weeks or you want to talk, you know, oh, yeah. rivalries, Right. Phillies and the Braves, come on. That's a, one of the longest standing rivalries I've That's seen. Um, but, yeah, I I would never bet against the Phillies. They have always been able to kind of pull it out. That is true. So. That is true. I will. I was very surprised to see the, the Atlanta and Philadelphia series has been going on for a long time. Uh, the Braves currently have the – all-time series lead with 1,321 wins, but the Phillies also have won 1,206 of those games. So very, for such a long-running rivalry, that's a very kind of dead heat, if uh, if you ask me. Yeah. Now, just, now just looking at this single year, though, it was very close, 8-6, and six, um, going in favor of the Braves, but the Phillies have won three of the last four to include the postseason. So, uh, so definitely something to watch. What were you saying, Jeremy? I was just going to say, when you've got two teams that have been around for so long yeah, and in the same, uh, they were in the same, they've always been in the same division, I, I believe. Have they really? Wow. It's um, not surprising, but. Yeah, just, just, it's just astonishing to, to see what can, what can build there? I mean, people think that the around here think that the Royals Cardinals rivalry is is something to behold, and it could be if both teams could be good at the same time, um, <laughs> which hasn't happened in a while. No, uh, thank, thanks mostly to the Royals. Let's be honest, but yep. yeah, the, when when you've got two teams in that same division like that, though, that's even that's even crazier. 
you don't even yeah. need the the physical proximity. Uh, I know the Cardinals and the Cubs have a nasty, nasty rivalry. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's just good to see this. This is what playoff baseball is all about: is, is yeah. these kinds of rivalries. Um, would it be more fun if it was the championship series? Maybe, but hey, at least we get it now. Yes. And honestly, some of the best games of baseball we've ever seen have been against the the Braves and the Phillies. Um, I think we went, oh, my last year of yeah, college, we, maybe? Yeah. Or no, not even. We oh, weren't wow. engaged yet. Um, that And we almost left early. Like, it was just hadn't been. It was kind of neck and neck, and it was really slow, and we almost left early. And we were so glad we did because, like, bottom of the eighth mm-hmm. inning or something – it just turned into this insane game. And I think it went 11 yeah. innings. It was. It was crazy. So some of the best live baseball we've ever seen has been nice. Braves and Billy games. Agreed. Agreed. That was, um, that was the game where I like really started respecting the, the fans in Citibank field. That is, mm-hmm. um, they got really loud, really quick. Um, Citizens, oh, Citizens Bank. I always mess that up. citizens bank i i I still go back park Park. (laughs) citizens bank park jeremy and and i still go back to the lincoln financial field and the comcast center (laughs) go ahead jeremy Uh, i i was just gonna say i still go back when i think of phillies fans to the Royal series there earlier this year when they, they had the campaign, right. To <laughs> give Trey Turner, the standing ovation, even though he wasn't playing well and it yeah. worked and yeah. he, he's been really good for the rest of the year. Yeah. I, I just think that's so super cool um, that the fans could, could agree to come together in that way. And then that it paid off. Yes. And it's still paying off in the, uh, in the postseason. He has made some incredible plays both with the bat and with his glove. So definitely going to be a good um, a good series to watch later on tonight for us. But, I mean, no matter what, we got one more game. So that, uh, that could go down to the wire. On the other side of the coast, though, it doesn't feel like it's a very close series for some reason. Um, the Arizona Diamondbacks were the underdogs in the wild card round, and now they hold a 1-0 lead over the Los Angeles Dodgers while – you know, on their home turf, um, Clayton Kershaw just had an absolute meltdown against the Diamondbacks. It was, I think he gave up six earned runs in the first inning. Yep. Like he has, that has just been, you were talking about getting monkeys off the back. That has been the monkey on his back for his entire career, it seems. Just postseason struggles. Um, he thought he got I, it off. Yeah. One World did. Series, but it's back. Yeah. It is it is back and it is back with a vengeance. And I'm looking at I'm looking at these teams and they're they're somewhat closer than I thought they were. But like on paper, this should be an easy series for for the Dodgers. But now Well, Jacob, that's why they don't play the games on paper. That they don't. You're right, Jeremy. Thank you very much. But now they now they've given Arizona kind of a one game head start, and now they face Zach Gallon tonight. Like I can't I can't bet against him at all. Oh no, nope that that would be a mistake. It would. It would. Who are the Dodgers pitching tonight? Um, but they have Bobby Miller pitching, who's been who's been very good. Eleven and four 
with a 3.76 ERA. He had some he had some pretty bad outings to start off this year. Mm-hmm. Though. So that's um I don't know. I'm trying to I'm trying to look at his his last five versus Arizona. Um, in 12 innings, he's given up four earned runs with six walks and only eight strikeouts in those 12 innings. So he is uh, he's not performed very well this season against the Diamondbacks. So it's definitely something to keep in mind. Yeah, and the Diamondbacks are not the the thing about the Diamondbacks is they're young. Um, Corbin yeah. Carroll sticks out in my mind as as a, a guy on that team, and he's a rookie this year. Um, so it's it's not shocking to kind of see them. I think they had a, you know, kind of a lull in the middle of the season. I remember they started strong, but um, I think they had kind of a lull and they're kind of coming back. And that makes sense for yeah. such a young team to to have to, to find your way a little bit. Um, but now that they have, like, all bets are off. Uh, you just got to you gotta go out there and, and you can't, like I said, this is where, you know, the postseason is its own beast. Because you can't really look at those those regular season results and be like, oh, well, they struggled for a while there. Okay, yeah, that doesn't matter anymore. Right. <laughs> They're coming for yeah. you. And they made the postseason. They won their first series. you, you got to get ready. And it seems like the Dodgers weren't really uh, mentally prepared. Maybe it was kind of a trap series for them. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, well, we gotta we got to worry about the, those those NLEs teams. But we, the Diamondbacks, we got this handled. Oh, well, no, you don't. <laughs> Yeah, and it is it's spurred all sorts of jokes between you know the Braves and the Dodgers, both the NL's top teams starting off in a in a one and hole against their respective repo- opponents. Um, but hey, Jeremy, back to Clayton Kershaw real quick. So I definitely i I think that Clayton Kershaw is a lock for the Hall of Fame. He's he's just done yeah. he's just done too much in in his career for him not to be. But yeah. is is this going to be the blemish on his on his Hall of Fame career? Do you think? I think that Dodgers fans are always going to think about this. Mm. I don't think anybody else is. Okay, <laughs> I think everybody else is just going to remember Clayton Kershaw was great. Yes. Um, a part of that is that you know postseason stats are separated from the regular season stats. So whenever we're like, oh hey, Clayton Kershaw, and you go back and you look. There's his stats. They're they're just astonishing, and they don't include the postseason failures. Yeah. Um, so the Dodgers fans will remember him as I, I, I think I've talked about this before. You know, the familiarity breeds contempt. So they yeah. they're like, we've seen him at his worst. Everybody else remembers him at his best, uh, and and I think that's just how it's going to be. Okay. Okay. I that's that's a great point. Listen. Fans are, I think, with any fan base, they're going to remember more of those details. And I like the thing that always sticks out in my mind is when I first started watching baseball and learning about more teams outside of the Royals is when Clayton Kershaw had that historical season. I think it was the Mm -hmm. the 200 strikeout season um, that he had back in the early 2010s. So, like, that's what I'm going to remember. I truthfully... Before last year, I didn't know that this has been like a consistent thing with his struggles in the postseason. Yeah. But I, I hope that I hope that this isn't the last we see of Kershaw this postseason because it would uh, kind of be a, a pretty pretty bad way to go out, if you ask me. The All other right, thing, Jeremy, I, go ahead, at sorry. some point, 
I should go check his postseason numbers because sometimes those narratives get blown out of proportion. That's true. Uh, as as Chiefs fans will will remember from week one with Juwan Taylor. <laughs> that is true. We're uh, even after the the Vikings game, Chiefs fans are are knowing that the narrative's not going in their way very <laughs> very well. <laughs> All right, Jeremy. So we are. Let's pivot back to um, some Royals ish stuff. I would say um, I only say ish because it is the Arizona Fall League going on down in, of course. Arizona, the the Royals, they pool together their players and a couple of coaches, I think, to make up the surprise Sagueros, which is a type of cactus, if I recall correctly. That is, you are correct. Yes. Heck yeah, I actually remembered something correctly. Um, the, the three big headlines, so I think they sent eight players down in total, um, six minor leaguers, two major leaguers, which was kind of surprising. Um, Nick Lofton and Angel Serpa went down. Um, we we haven't seen any of Nick Lofton yet, which is interesting that they, you know, put him on the roster if he's not going to if he's not going to play. But maybe I don't know. Maybe they just don't have a, a need for him, or maybe he has some sort of injury. Can't tell you. Don't know. Um, Angel Serpa has pitched one inning so far, so we haven't seen a whole lot of him. Listen, these. These games are, it's multiple teams pooling together their players. So you're going to see some sporadic action from, from these players. But there, there are a couple of guys who, who have been standing out so far that, uh, that I'm enjoying. Let me finish up on Serpa real quick. Uh, one inning, and which he started one hit, one strikeout. And that's, uh, that's all, that we've, all that we've seen of him, Jeremy. So I ain't going to ask for anything on that. Yeah. The, the, guy, the guy that I am going to want to talk to you about, though, is, is the one and only Gavin Cross, the Royals' former top prospect, the top pick in the 2022 draft, um, has not had a smooth minor league career by, by any stretch. And in a world where teams are rocketing their college hitters and college pitchers through their respective system, the fact that Gavin Cross, who came from Virginia Tech, a very polished player, it seemed, and he's like made, I think, actually, actually, he hasn't even made a double A appearance. He got promoted to double A, but he didn't play a single game there this year. So we've only seen him in high A through one and a half professional seasons. And now against a variety of peers, he is, he is doing, oh, I think he's doing okay. Um, I don't think he's doing as good as I would like to see him doing, especially as an outfielder. Um, three games, three hits, an RBI, two walks to three strikeouts. The four stolen bases is very surprising, leads the uh, the Sueros. But all that comes out to is a 273 batting average and a 658 OPS. Not a, not really what you want to see from a, from a first-round pick against – kind of middling competition, if you will. Jeremy, do you think it's time to panic on Gavin Cross? How many plate appearances was that? That was 11 plate appearances. 11, 11 plate appearances. 11 at-bats, excuse me. We, we gonna, we're going to panic about 11 at-bats? Is that what Listen, we're going to do? It's after, it's after this season. After the 2023 season he had, man. I think about I, that okay, so... 
I don't panic about prospects because guys flame out all the time. I did um, my first offseason at Royals Review, um, Baseball America still had their top 100 lists were free okay. for all. And I sat down with their with their top 100 list and did a review of all the Royals to ever be on a top 100 list, all the future Royals to ever be on a top 100 list. Um and on their top 100 list. And and then I did at the end I did some number crunching and kind of looked at like how likely is the guy to make the big leagues and like even if you make the top 100 list, you're still more likely to never make an impact on a big league roster than wow. you are to to become a star. Uh than you are to become even a reliable player. Uh, um so there's there's just no point getting worked up about prospects or uh, or getting worried about prospects until, I don't know, until, I mean, you can get excited about a guy if he's performing well. You get a, you, you can just kind of ignore a guy who's not performing well. So, yeah, Gavin Cross, not doing great. That's a bummer. Is there somebody doing well? That, what you want to look at for me is the, the entirety of the farm system. Is, okay. is the farm system producing talent, not – did the number one guy make it because they often don't. Um, and, and so the Royals do still have a problem with their overall farm system. Absolutely. And, and cross is a part of that, but I, I'm not going to panic about him. And uh, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I'm going to look at the whole thing. Maybe I want to panic about the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, hey, if you're uh, if you're looking for the the good performer down there in Arizona, one of them is infielder Peyton Wilson. Um, he spent most of this past season with the Double A Northwest Arkansas Naturals, if I recall correctly. Very very speedy guy. Um, doesn't have an incredible amount of power, but can still put it over the fence. Um, he is currently third on the Squaros roster with a 9.74 OPS. Thanks to six hits in four games, uh, two RBIs, two walks, and two strikeouts. So that is, listen, I know we uh, we have all the jokes about the Royals having plenty of undersized middle infield players. But <laughs> if you if the Royals are looking to do some trades this offseason, then hopefully they can use some of those excess guys to uh to make a make a deal and make sure that it gets done. So I just wanted to just wanted to point out Peyton Wilson. He's is doing pretty good for himself. And honestly, the few videos I've seen out of Arizona, he's looked and sounded very good. The, the ball coming off the bat is sounding very very good. So hopefully, this is a sign of better things to come. And I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a spring training invite come twenty twenty four. And it's always it's always better to have good results than bad results. Exactly. Um, exactly. And and we, I mean, we saw last year with uh, drawing a blank on his name, the catcher. Um, <laughs> um, wow. Him, that guy, he did that good. Guy. He had a really good Arizona Fall League. We were all like, "Why are you bothering?" And then, boy, well, it turned out to actually mean something. So uh, you know, keep an eye on the process. Keep an eye on. You know, is he generally getting better or is this kind of a fluke? Uh, and then and then you can move on from there. You yep. don't want to take the results in a vacuum, but if, if that's what's happening, we see some a really good spring training out of him, 
if we see, uh, you know, some stuff coming out uh, early. I doubt he makes the opening day roster. So if we see some good stuff coming out of him early in the minor leagues, then you maybe can start to dream a little bit. Yeah. Hey, I I love a, I love a good dream. Pretty for um, me. <laughs> hey, speaking of some of the better performers, Eric Sarantola made his Arizona Fall League debut. Two, two pretty good results. He started one game, pitched three innings. Um, if I yeah, I'm reading this correctly, he only allowed one earned run, which is really good, and four strikeouts in his frames. And he, I think, three of those strikeouts came against. Twins prospects. So that is a, that was a random little tidbit that, that I enjoyed, (laughs) but truth be told for the, like across the whole thing, the Royals pitchers are not getting lit up at all. Um, Ryland Kaufman is down there as well as Jacob Wallace. And Jacob Wallace was like the guy that I said, Hey, I have no clue who this is. Um, He stood out in his debut. But so far in Arizona, he has two and one-third innings pitched with five strikeouts and one earned run. So, hey, that's, uh, that's not too bad, in my opinion. So, Jeremy, I mean, you were, you were talking about it's always better to have good results rather than yeah. bad results. Um, I think that's commonly uh, accepted wisdom. Yes, yes, of, of course, of course, obviously. <laughs> um, but I want to I clarify this this for me so you're, you're not putting a whole lot of stock either way into a good or a bad performance down in the Arizona Fall League no uh like like I said I think you got to take it into context um so if Gavin Cross was having an amazing uh complex league uh you know or whatever whatever they're calling this league <laughs> um, if he was having Arizona an amazing Fall. time down there I still wouldn't read much into it because he didn't have a good year and he wasn't he wasn't even getting better late in the year um, you want to see, you want to see consistent improvement before you start to get excited about anything. Um, and, and the, there, it just hasn't been there for, for cross. And I am, I'm not honestly really familiar with any of these other guys. So I, and, and because I'm not at home, I can't really look them up easily yeah. right now. Yeah. So I don't have a lot to, unfortunately, I can't be like, well, here's the, the context that tells you that this means something or doesn't mean something. Uh, I'm, but that's what you got to look for. If you're out here getting excited about, uh, you know, Peyton Wilson, or you're getting excited about Eric Sarantola, then go look them up, go look up, you know, what, are, what were they doing the rest of the year? Because yep. I think you got to take that all in that context. That is true. That is true. Fangraphs is a, uh, is a great resource for that mm-hmm. because you know mlb.com they only do write-ups on the top 30 prospects and if i recall correctly i don't think any of those players i listed off are in the top 30 and their their stat pages are really hard to read and only get harder yeah. when you move to the minor leagues um fan graphs keeps it all pretty uniform uh so i am i am always a big fan of of the way Fangraphs lays out their information it's not just you can't just have the information baseball reference you know, for example, has the information. And I like baseball reference too, but Fangraphs lays it out in a way that I think is easier to consume. And laying out that data, making it legible for your audience is so, so important oh, as yeah, well. It is. Yes, it is. That is that is very true, Jeremy. Um, so please, whatever resource you, you do use, just go 
learn about these players a little bit more. I'm sure you can find some videos on them as well. This is, I'm sure that we'll start looking at prospects a little bit more as the off season goes along, if things slow down, but just, just right now, everyone's kind of decompressing from the season, just taking a breath. It's, it's weird to think that the season ended like less than 10 days ago, <laughs> but uh, there's no more Royals baseball on my TV. There's no more Jake Eisenberg on my, on my radio waves. Nothing like that. Jeremy, I do want to, I wanted to ask you, how are you decompressing or is it recovering from the Royal season? <laughs> uh, you know, I am just, I'm doing my thing. I'm playing some video games. I'm still working my way through uh, the Diamond Dynasty uh, stuff in MLB The Show. Uh, I've been watching a lot of TV with my mom. Sorry about the dogs in the background there. It's okay. Uh, but, uh, I've been watching a lot of Taskmaster with my mom, which is a great, uh, British comedy television show that's free on YouTube. You should all check it out. There's your free, uh, Royals review review for this week. <laughs> um, and, uh, what else am I, I've been watching the expanse with my, with my mom as well, okay. uh, just to mix things up, uh, which is again, a science fiction show. I'm not as big a fan of that. It's an adaptation of a book series I really like. I mean, they're changing a lot of stuff. And I'm trying to learn. I'm trying so hard, Jacob, to learn that canon doesn't matter, to take these stories for what they are. <laughs> but I'm failing really hard right now. Um, they did just move to the part of the books that I don't remember as well. So hopefully I'm going to be able to enjoy this more now. Oh, hopefully so. But no, man, especially when you're basing them off of something. No, you gotta you gotta respect canon, in in my opinion. I uh, there's there are, to a degree. Um I, I really suffered trying to watch uh Star Trek Strange New Worlds that way because yeah. it's like it's a prequel to the to the original series, and I've been a Trekkie since I was a little kid. Like the original series was very important to me. Um and so they made some changes there and and appreciate it. But after I learned to just kind of be like, you know what, this is its own thing. It's fine. Um, I gradually came to love Strange New Worlds even more than I ever loved the original series, I think. So okay. I think it can be, you, you can't let canon get in the way of telling a good story. And obviously when you're adapting a book into a television series or a movie, you're going to have to make changes uh, just because of the medium. So you gotta, you kind of got to accept that the way it is, but it That's is it, it has been uh an adjustment that i i have to work at i gotcha i gotcha yeah no it's um i don't know not a i guess not a whole lot has has changed since the season ended for me yet um it just rolled right into into chiefs football for right. myself and it, i mean it's and, only been a week post, yeah exactly and post, ask i'll i'll probably ask this question again in about a month you know, after postseason baseball is is over and baseball is truly gone, I don't think I really you know noticed it since uh, since there's still plenty of good baseball to watch for myself. Well, hey Jeremy, you already you already got the party started with the Royals review review, so let's go ahead and roll right into that. Um, I'll go first, and then Honey, if you don't mind going second, we will uh, we'll knock it out. So, uh, my my beautiful wife came up well it was a very complicated travel weekend i guess i rode the train from dc down to our home in virginia late friday night 
we spent the day together Saturday. And then Sunday morning, we drove back up north of DC and spent the, spent the afternoon and evening with her family. And then Katie drove back down to Virginia, leaving me here in Maryland for uh, my school. So it was a very, very hectic weekend, but Katie and I, or Honey and I, still made time to go to the thrift store together, which is a which is something that she enjoys very much. And I will say I'm coming around to it a little bit more. Um, but I do want to review the thrift shop that we went to today, which was Second Avenue Thrift Superstore. And I will say it was a it was a superstore of thrift stores. Um, we got a lot of very good stuff. I got this nice swanky Phillies jacket, as you can see, got it for like six bucks. Um, no stains. It works well. I needed, you know, a couple of new light jackets and a, a coat for these mild Southern winters. And, you know, they had that in droves. Literally, I think Katie got us a, a new cat tree because we've been wanting to replace our old one for a while. They have a brand new one for $8. Went and got that, and it's whoa. And all in all, we only spent like forty bucks, and I would have, I could have just spent that on one jacket to replace. So I, yes, you're welcome. Yes, she, she got me there. It worked. Um, I had a good time, and Honey will. She told me all, all the things about you know it is more responsible to try and use thrift shops at least instead of you know just going to target going to walmart to get the get the same thing that you can find for for cheaper at a thrift shop but honey what do you have for a review tonight well to hop off that um it'll okay. kind of be a review but um in conjunction with our wonderful ad from tonight thrifting although it's like this major trend right now um, is not a trend for me. I, I want to like make that clear. It's not like I've jumped on the bandwagon. Um, hand first. And there are very few. Whoops. I, sorry. I think you lost me for a second. Um, anyway, so thrifting is, a major trend right now, but it is a trend that I will highly recommend that you join the bandwagon on um, because it is so sustainable um, and helps decrease the fast fashion movement um, and just is a mindset of using what we have first or learning to mend or repurpose things rather than create more waste. Um, so I very much love thrifting and always have, and, um, in conjunction with our wonderful ad from tonight, um, is another way that we can look toward the future, um, and what we need to do to remain sustainable, um, on this planet and to be conscious consumers. Um, so I would much rather find something, you know, um, at a thrift store, one, it's a lot less expensive and two, I'm reducing the amount of clothing that's going to end up in landfills, et cetera. Um, so I buy secondhand first all of the time um, and have started to drag Jacob with me. Um, but buy your meat locally from uh, small, you know, agriculture and small 
locally owned and operated farms rather than industrial farms um, and shop secondhand um, as much as you can. And before you look for anything firsthand. Um, so before you step into Target or Walmart and buy that $10 t-shirt that's going to end up in a landfill in a year um, or rip or tear or get stained and get tossed out um, and just create more waste, go look through a thrift shop or look on Facebook Marketplace or Poshmark, etc. Um, so be a conscious consumer and a responsible consumer um, and help us be able to fight climate change and be sustainable as um, stewards of our environment. That's my review is shop secondhand first. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm all about that, uh, you know, environmental sustainability. But while you're looking towards the future, I'm I'm going to look to the past with my Royals review review this week. Uh, I know that a lot of people are tired of hearing about Taylor Swift and I don't care. Um, So I'm going to just say that I. I've gotten back into listening to her uh, because of all this stuff. And I do mean back into listening to her back, uh, back when she was still a country singer. uh, um, We got band hero as a family for Christmas one year. And her songs were always the absolute most fun to play on the drums, uh, which was the instrument I always played in band hero. Uh, So I, I, uh, I've been listening to some of that old stuff again. I've been listening to the new stuff too. Uh, because I want to find out where she's at now, but man, that old stuff is still killer. Um, so go, go, if you haven't listened to some old Taylor Swift stuff, also play games with your family, get the, the rock. I'm so sad, honestly, that the rock band stuff or the band hero stuff isn't really made anymore because that was some of the most fun I ever had with my family. Those were excellent, like party games or games to play with friends. Um, those things were really cool. And I, I do miss those. Um, so uh, I, I gave you two reviews earlier. I'll give you two more now. Hey. I hope that's enough reviews. Yes, I, I think it is. Thank you both. For... Tune in next week to hear Katie's story about how she met Taylor Swift. Yes. That is, uh, that is on the, on the docket for next I week. Be so, here. Hey, I'm so excited. I can't wait. <laughs> if, if you don't want to listen to us, at least tune in to hear that story. I will say. But y'all, thank you. Thank you so much for uh, for being on the episode tonight. And thank you again to our partners over at Batchelder Family Farms for supporting the podcast. Please use promo code ROYAL, that is R-O-Y-A-L, on your next order with them. And you can receive 15% off your entire order. So very much worth it if you ask me. But... Thank you for your support. Thank you for listening. As always, you crazy bunch of listeners. And until next time, go Royals. Move.